packed episode for you guys, but first and foremost, this is a monumental episode for us. Uh, this is the first ever recording we're doing in person, at least the hosts. Uh, we have some of our interns uh, available to us via Zoom. So, with that being said, uh, quick rundown of the show. We're going to obviously run through our sports headlines of the week. Uh, get you guys up to speed with everything Gonzaga coming up, specifically the last couple of games. Look forward to the game this weekend versus USF. They always give us a good fight, so that's going to be a decent segment. Uh, and last but not least, we have a special, very, very special Valentine's Day segment for you lovebirds out there. So definitely going to want to take a uh, take an extra minute to listen to that. We have our expert, our love expert, Chris Amblin, on the line for that. But as I mentioned before, I'm with my co-hosts, Zane and Jake. Boys, how we doing? Thanks, Jay Page. Um, it feels like a monumental day. You know, nothing uh, worth having is easy. And I, I believe that's uh, the model of today. Technology is really, I, I'm going to be honest, they, they were up in the first half. But, you know, we had a, a good, hard talk at the locker room. Coach got us fired up and we came out and we're tackling this technology to bring you the best content possible. Hello, hello. Uh, special guest Zane here. Uh, we have a salesman, a law student, and an Alaskan and in a room right now with millions of wires trying to figure out how the hell to record in person with Zoom guests. Boy, oh boy. Feels like we finally made it to the top of Everest. Good job, boys. I'm just praying that this makes it on air one day. Yep. Well, that's an Alaskan pricing analyst to use it. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Put some spec on Jake's name. But as always, we're joined by our lovely interns, Coop, Baja, and Zambi. Uh, at Dan, even Baja was able to make it. Um, let's jump right into the headlines, though. Uh, first and foremost, boys, Mark Few dropped a pretty big hint on the uh, Scott Van Pelt show, saying that he wants the top three, which... I found out earlier it's actually the top four because it's obviously including Gonzaga uh, WCC teams to play for the championship or the championship tournament in Spokane guys what are our thoughts on this I mean I loved it it was the most offhanded big dick statement by Mark Few where he's just like yeah you know why don't just like the other three teams like whoever the the tournament decides is come up to Spokane and you know see who loses to Gonzaga um it definitely feels like a compromise because, I mean, we want the tournament to happen, but it does sound like Mark View wants it on his terms. Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, if we're having four teams in Spokane, we know who two of those are. It's going to be the Zags, and it's going to be BYU. But would you be shocked if I told you that current third place and fourth place in the WCC right now are Pepperdine and Santa Clara, respectively. Santa Clara. Tied for fourth place and only one game behind BYU. But it gets crazier. The list gets crazier. Fifth place, tied for sixth place, I should say, are two teams. Only a half game behind Pepperdine and Santa Clara. LMU and San Francisco. And then a half game behind them, back down in seventh place, St. Mary's. And then a half game behind them, Pacific. And then another half half game, San Diego. So the battle for third and fourth place in this Spokane Dream tournament that we have, it's going to be neck and neck. USD is only two games behind third place Pepperdine right now. It's up for grabs, boys. It really is. It really is. And um, I think Zambi has a question. Oh, Zambi? 
question, but I would like to point out the last time a WCC tournament was in Spokane, Washington. I believe it's 2005 or 2006. It was the year of the stash for Adam Morrison. That was the last time WCC tournament play has occurred in that city. Ooh, how fitting, because we might have a Drew Timmy stash in this tournament to rival the Morrison stash. <laughs> yep, and a special shout-out to Corey Carvalho, a former, uh, former guest on the pod. He wants to trademark the phrase Drew Manchu for a... Uh, Drew Timmy rock, rocking the Fu Manchu mustache, so he wanted me to give him a little shout-out there. But uh, WCC play, I mean, it's going to be interesting for all those teams. doesn't really involve the Zags, and it sounds like it's not even a for-sure deal yet. I, I just like how Mark Few took to like his national press conference, basically, to say, hey, this is what I want. <laughs> give me what I want. I make all the money for this damn league. <laughs> Yeah, his whole thing where he's like, well, obviously the WCC's main priority is getting tournament wins or teams in the tournament, <laughs> meaning March Madness. And the only team that constantly makes the tournament and has like won a game is the Zags. So. Well, this is this is the second finesse that Few has done to the WCC for the tournament too because don't forget the current structure, we only play like two games. Yeah. We, so Buys to the semis. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Buys to the semis, legendary. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a really interesting move by Fuey, but he's definitely done it in the past. So I, I don't mind flexing a little muscle on the league here. Um, but we can keep this thing moving. As everyone knows, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Special shout-out to my good friend, and he should have been a guest on the pod, but we haven't gotten him, Zach Smith. He's a uh, assistant uh, scouting person over there. Does some scouting for them. So I'll say he had a small hand in, you know, scouting the, uh, the Chiefs defense. It's probably why they won. Uh, I thought he meant, like, recruiting. You know, he's like, hey, this guy, Tom Brady, and he did, pretty he good. Did, he did recruiting at, like, U of A, but I was like, I don't think he was involved with bringing Tom Brady. Maybe he was. Who knows? Nah, but special shout-out to them. Boys, any last thoughts, though, on the uh, on the Bucks? Awesome win. Maybe how Tom Brady's the GOAT? I mean, other people, foolishly, four out of the six of our pod – we're like, wow, I bet Tom Brady loses this Super Bowl. They they like the, the, the hot new blonde on the corner, you know, but I stayed faithful to the tried and true Tom Brady, seven rings. Shout out Chris Zambi, who went from um, second to last to first, thanks to our scoring system. <laughs> You'll have to uh, research the scoring. It was very interesting. We, we got to make a craft that shows the placement <laughs> week by week. Zambi, how are we feeling as the victor? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, thinking about this all day today, trying to figure out what I want to say. <laughs> and, I mean, at the end of the day, it's basically like a PFF thing, you know. Um, you just got to break down the numbers and – Tom Brady, I mean, he's go. He kisses his kid. Whatever makes him happy, you know, that's fine. But the biggest thing I want to point out was him drawing at Honey Badger. I absolutely loved it. Saying he'd go at him and then just fall. And as all Chief fans know, when there's a loser, or when there's a winner, there's a loser. And the loser of this challenge is Mr. Zane Izagiri. Let's give him the floor for his thoughts. Well, I, I got to say, I played myself in this whole competition uh, with that last pick. I, I, I wanted to choose the Bucks. 
I purely chose the Chiefs because Zamblin was one point ahead of me. And so I knew I had to offset him and give put Jake in a little bit of a bind. And I thought Jake would just go with the flow and go with the Chiefs. And then it'd be a win-win for me, no worries. But stupid move by me. I I now have to do a TikTok dance. I believe it's the the Savage, the Savage dance, the popular Savage dance. Shout out Izzy for the choice. Uh, she's gonna teach me. I'm gonna do it. And God damn it, I'm gonna do it well. I'm gonna shake my ass for all of you out there. So quick question, quick follow up question: Are we allowed to um, dress you for this for this dance? Dress me. Yeah, like pick costume. Your costume. Something tight. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll have to see what the word... I, I'm not going to commit right oh, now. Right, I feel right, like... Right. I, was, I was hoping we can get like a an on-the-spot commitment. We, we can make it the rule. It's only things you currently own. So we can really do a deep dive in your closet. Does Courtney's closet count? Oh, yeah. My God. yeah, it's a shared household. <laughs> Look, I've been hitting the, the squat rack heavy these past couple days. You put me in a pair of freaking leggings, I will look fine, baby. Fine. Show off the, the buns of steel. Spread of steel. <laughs> uh, to be determined, though. We'll, we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, but last last little notable news, last little headline. I guess Say you it. could call it a headline. Say it. Some dude, some dude signed with the Dodgers. He's all right. They're paying him a lot of money. That's, that's all, right. That's all we got. That's right, baby. <laughs> Trevor Bauer to the freaking Dodgers, making that one, two, three former Cy Young winners on the same rotation with an already monster rotation. Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw, Price. Take your pick. Urias, May, Gonsolin. It's disgusting what's going on with this Dodgers rotation right now. I feel bad. For my friends down south in San Diego, Don't because feel bad for us. We're all right. I feel bad because you guys made a couple of signings this offseason. Right. You thought you won it. It's like a basketball game. We're paying. You guys are BYU. You made a three. Oh, but what happened? Corey Kispert comes down the court and makes a three, but also gets fouled. Four point play. Right. Dodgers are back up. It's going to be a tough sledding for the Padres. It's going to be. It's. I'm not saying this makes us substantially better than you. It's got to be a gut check, though. All right, well, now that you've had the floor and you brought us up, you brought us into it, here's my defense. You're paying Trevor Bauer what we're paying Denelson Lamette, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, and you Darvish all combined. So good on you for that. Honest question for you guys, because I, as like a fan with like a team with money, I like I don't really care how much the team is spending yeah, on the player. That's not the point. It's it's where else could it go? Objectively, as someone who has no fandom to baseball, <laughs> I think it's pretty ridiculous there's no salary cap on teams. Yeah. Right. Like but that's fine. It's that's not fine. parody. But when people no. say you're paying him too much, like I don't oh, I'm, no, not, I'm not paying him. If I'm the Dodgers owners, much. I'm just throwing yeah. out cash. You can outprice these guys. Because yeah, even if Trevor fine. Bauer isn't like, I think Paige brought up the point, you know, he played great last year, but it was only, what, 60 games? Well, um, let's, I'll, I'll, let me get to my point, Jack. Oh, Let me get to my point. My point this is... This is my fight to fight. He's <laughs> also... The Dodgers are buying Bauer away from another team. So yeah, it's just collecting pieces so they can't use he them. He did take less money to go to the Dodgers. The Mets were reportedly ask, are giving him more. He took I, less. Wow, a real discount have, bargain there. <laughs> anyway... 
say what you want about it. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm just saying, where else could those resources be allocated? You know, you still have to resign a third baseman, um, so on and so forth. Children's um, hospitals. But we we can just keep going above the tax. Like it doesn't matter. We have enough money to pay the tax. So who cares? All right. Then we'll see who else you resign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the whole world. Aaron Judge is coming to the Dodgers. <laughs> There's going to be a ton of MLB owners listening to this, like... That's <gasps> fine. Oh, my, my main point, though, was the with the news of the uh, ball. So you guys saw everything going on with the, the baseball, right? That the MLB is, like, taking the juice out of it or taking the life out of it. Yeah. Did you guys see the graph that they hit? There's five Dodgers on the hitters that would be most impacted by a dead ball. I did see that. I, does that worry you at all? And does it worry you that there's like th- two in the t- and two in the top three? Okay, so I think I think that like for sure, like that. Okay, one, I think it's bullshit that they're like, r- like adjusting the balls. Maybe if it can be proven that they were like juicing them before, and now they're going back to how they like should be, then that's fine. But like, I, like our players. Sure, like they're all swinging for the fences right now. Bellinger, like you look at the Dodgers and you see them swinging for the fence. But in the playoffs, we were not swinging for the fence. We were in a park that's too big to swing for the fence. We didn't win those games because we were swinging for the fence. This team can hit, hit for hits. And so I'm not, I, I'm not super worried about that. And also this just makes our already dominant pitching staff that much more dominant. Uh, I think Coop, you had a question? Yeah, um, and I'm by no means a baseball insider, kind of Jake, but from everything I saw in red, it looked like the stars were aligning for Trevor Bauer to sign with the Mets. Um, maybe Zami can speak on this, but did he just completely honeydick the Mets to sign with the Dodgers? Is that what we're getting at? Um, from what I've seen on Twitter, um, most of the leaks that came out, it wasn't anything really verified because with Trevor Bauer, he keeps his stuff pretty tight and I only trust whether whatever comes from him or his agent. And so I was like, I kind of took it like, eh, is this actually going to happen? Grant, I will admit I did text the group chat that, oh, Bauer to the Mets. But <laughs> at this point, I, w- <laughs> I would have wished he went to well, I think I think he came to the Dodgers because he just wanted to win. Like the Mets, like I mean, he's still being paid. He's still the highest paid player in baseball for the next two years. So, like, why if you're going to be the highest paid player, do you want to be the highest paid player on a team that's like has a good chance to maybe be good in a couple of years, or do you want to be on the World Series champions? that are going to be good for, like, the next eight to ten years. Yeah, but he probably used the Mets to drive up his price for the Dodgers, where he's like, well, the Mets offered me $45 million yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Can you do 40 And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> Magic yeah. Johnson was like, well, I'll get another ring, so here you go, right, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I just got another ring we'll with that see. big old we'll smile. See. I don't know. I, I think the uh, I think the ball is going to have – it will have a better impact on both of our pitching staffs. I do think – it will have a larger impact on your guys' hitters. I think it's pretty self-explanatory there. Um, and then one last note. Oh, I just, we don't really need to get into that any further. But, uh, yeah, Bauer to the Dodgers. How about that? I mean, we're going to have a fun rivalry for the next couple <laughs> of years. 
Oh, it's going to be for the next at All least summer, years, I'm just going to be sitting here while you guys are just talking about Dodgers and Padres. <laughs> and like, I'll, I'll, Hey, we all know what this really was. I know you're saying, oh, we just had the money, so we're going to resign them. This was a move in a response to the Padres because yeah. we shook it up. That's, a, that's what it was. And now it's – I thought we had the edge on pitching there, the slightest edge. Now you guys have the edge. You have more depth, which at this point in a seven-game series, you're going to pitch the same four guys. So – doesn't really matter, but you guys have, I'd say, a little bit more depth in your pitching staff. Yeah, we can we can talk about it more <laughs> as we get closer to baseball. But our, even our debt, like, it's gonna be stupid when we have like an opener or closer situation with this rotation. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that was our headlines for this week. Um, that segment was brought to you I by. I have loved Gonzaga from the first not. time I saw him. I mean, it's just too much depth, too much size, too much experience, and a winner's mentality. Numbers for the Zags. Lob and the finish for Kispert. Kispert. He's got over a thousand points in his career. <laughs> Look at Drew Timmy. Oh, Timmy, man. My guy, Timmy. Timmy oh. spins oh, Timmy, left Timmy, and does it Timmy. again. Timmy again. Shot oh, and the finish. Timmy, what are we seeing here? Kevin the Gandhi. Emhard back doors to Socks, who reverses it in. Oh, the movement without the ball. It's like poetry. So good. Uh, we, I say that, but I'll be honest. I haven't read Thank a lot you of for that. Lately. The man of uh, Monday night, late, late Monday night, was shot. even uh, probably Tuesday morning, Eastern time. Uh, Jalen Suggs, thank you for that. Hashtag Coop hates Jalen. Let's keep this thing rolling, though. Uh, Gonzaga basketball had quite a week of games. Um, since our last conversation, we beat Pacific 76 to 58 in probably the ugliest game I have ever watched. Uh, probably the worst game this team will play. Guys, any quick thoughts on this one? Because this this was a tough one to watch. I I just I'll be honest. I had so many moments where I was just envisioning what the next morning of sports would be like, or Twitter if we lost to Pacific. It was just, I, I just knew I would have to go in one of those sports freezes where you just don't check social media at all because I couldn't I, I wouldn't be able to show my face for a bit. Yeah, well <clears throat> while you may have been nervous, anxious about the possibility of a loss, I was just purely angry. I had started with one glass of rum, then two, then three, slippery slope and just I was so frustrated, and I'm still frustrated at the way we start some of these WCC games because it's it's not it's not just a one-off thing now. Sure, you know the BYU game was the complete opposite, a terrific start, but we've had multiple games now where we're flat-footed, not just for the first like five or so minutes, but the entire first half. And so I am officially tired of this like kind of entire. It's almost like an entitled attitude, like we're the number one team in the country, we're so far superior than these guys that we can sleepwalk through the first half and still beat them by 15-20. And it, I just hate that kind of attitude. Jalen Suggs mentioned something after the game where they, at halftime they were talking and they said to themselves, oh, well, I guess we better start playing now. That's a horrible, horrible attitude to have if you're the number one team in the country. Because right now these WCC games, these are practice practices for the real thing that matters this year we could go undefeated in conference play and lose the first game of the tournament it's a complete utter failure of a year 
Everything we're doing right now is in preparation for the tournament. You practice how you play. Against Pacific, that was the worst fucking practice I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. It was right next to the St. Mary's game. Um, that being said, it's insane that we just have the talent to, to sleepwalk through a game and still win in the fashion we did. I tip my cap to Pacific. They played with heart, with a competitive fire. Um, we just have more talent, and I hope it doesn't bite us in the ass one day. Yeah, you made some good points there. I think from my perspective as – because I – I'll tell the truth. I kind of watched on and off until like the second half when it was kind of kind of coming away. The score doesn't show too much. Like, yeah, we probably should have scored a little bit more if it was like a classic, you know, Gonzaga WCC beatdown. But at the same time, like, you know, I'll play just devil's advocate. This game was scheduled like, what, 36, 48 hours before they played. So they didn't know where they were going. They are hoping for a marquee matchup. Like, you know, this team was like, okay, we're getting Houston. Or we're getting Tennessee, or you know, they were right there on the roller coaster with us during that whole fiasco. And from my perspective, it's just like now we have to play Pacific. We just play these guys. We just beat them by forty. I don't want to play. Not that I don't want to play this game. It's like, oh, we have to do this again. Then the Pacific, you know, they have a good coach. Uh, is it Damon Stoudemire? Yeah, definitely an up and coming coach. A really smart guy and. In his NBA career, and, and even at his time at uh, U of A, he was known as Mighty Mouse, a really pesky guy uh, out on the perimeter. So he's definitely putting that into his team's DNA, that type of attitude. So they're going to be, it's just always going to be a grinder of a game unless you just blow them out in the first half. So it, it's tough. It's definitely, there's two sides to the coin. Um, but you definitely want to see them, you know, maybe dominate a little bit earlier because they have the talent to do so. Yeah, I agree. I think Pacific also did a really – because what Pacific did, one, they played great defense. They, you know, really stuck to their guys and, and switched when they needed to. But also on offense, in the first half, definitely. Second half, they kind of fell apart just because they didn't have the talent. But in the first half, you could just tell the Zags wanted them to take a bad shot or like a hurried shot or a turnover because we were just ready to run and get our run going but they would just suck the energy and the clock out and be like take a contested jumper with two seconds left and usually not score like pacific did not score a lot our defensive rating actually went up like we bumped in the top 10 after this game but it it just took our offense out of it and it took us a while to figure it out yeah. um interns any thoughts coop zambi Go for it, Zams. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the Pacific game was pretty brutal to watch. Um, I do like what we did with um, on the defensive front for the BYU game. And keeping Matt Harms at zero points and one rebound for the first 15 minutes of the game, I'm very happy with that. Very happy he didn't come to Gonzaga as well because including Nemhard starting off with the death lineup, I mean, I just absolutely love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll close out the uh, Pacific talk with just saying that the biggest L that Gonzaga took this whole week, and this kind of leaks into the BYU game, is that our bench players did not see many point, or minutes uh, this week. Dom Harris, I don't think Dom was in... 
was in any of these games. Did he get any minutes in any no. of these games? Mm. Strother got. Did he get any in Pacific? Maybe a, a two, three. I think he had some in Pacific. Some. He had some against BYU towards the end. I think he had a couple first half. But I mean, that is that's the biggest L because this conference plays to develop these players, not just if we need them in the tourney, but like for the future of our program. So it's not the end of the world, but that's just kind of you know another another element to this. We don't want to get up for the first half. And and Paige makes some good points about you know. Maybe this is an off off thing where it's just we we thought we might play Tennessee, we thought we might play Houston. Oh no, you get Pacific, and so there's definitely some validity to that. But at least hey, we didn't do it against BYU. Came out strong, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good transition. Um, I don't know. This game was just weird because it never felt like it was that close, but at the same time, they were only down, you know, like ten for most of the game. Besides getting up. By 18 or 19 or so with two minutes left and then, you know, blowing the spread. But it's whatever. Um, one quick note. You mentioned, you know, some of our guys not getting a lot of minutes. What do we think about changing Baller Watch to Strother Watch? Because Strother can play. Oh, yeah. As some of you drafted him to my, what, team we'll call it, Ayayan Strother. <laughs> I mean, I love Strother's play. And I think what... He showed the most against BYU was his ability to play defense. Mm -hmm. Like, he really marked up well against some of those BYU bodies. And, you know, he's obviously not the go to scorer on this team. Like, unless he's like, it's the bench scrubs and he's leading that unit, he's not going to be the guy who gets the shot. But he's shown, like, he's great in transition. He can play pretty much the, like, I would say the, like, three through four, maybe the two a bit. Like, he's quick. In um, mm-hmm. like lateral movement, Ugh, he just. But it is confusing now. Like it feels like Watson copied his hairstyle, so <laughs> I keep confusing them. I always confuse even Nemhard a little bit. Yeah, like, I, I mean Nemhard's like a little shorter than them. They all got the baby yeah. fro. Yeah, baby yeah. Fro. but then I also always confuse Timmy and Kispert with the like matching headbands, and they kind of got the little floof going out. Um, but I think that's a very fair point. That Strother is. I think he's the. Um, I mean, obviously, besides Suggs, he's he's having, like, the best yeah. first year. No, well, I'll go for it. Well, while we're talking about sort of the Ballo strother kind of, I, I guess it's not a comparison, but two things. First, boy, oh, boy, we're going to have much more to analyze if we're changing it to Strother, and maybe that's just a product of Ballo's recent injuries, but I feel like every single time we're kind of like, well... Ballo's still in the fridge. Yeah. I think he said, oh, Ballo looked really good running up the floor. Oh, <laughs> like I, I loved it. Yeah, I think he ran down the court one time, and he sprinted. He did look looked, fast. Looked really fast. Um, with with Strother, though, I mean, when Ballo misses, it looks really, really bad. Strother, though, had a really nice three that he took from the corner. Missed, but I was like, oh, that was a really good-looking shot. It, it was in and out. And then he also had like a backdoor cut where he missed like a reverse layup at one point. Mm-hmm. Even then, I was like, "Great cut, gotta finish it." Just a freshman issue, though. That'll that'll figure itself out. So, I mean, that's where my head's at with the Ballo Strother thing. I love Strother, Strawberry Jam forever, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he just he looks like he belongs. Like to Jake's point about the defense, like I was a little bit shocked. I was like, 
this guy's putting the clamps on like Barcelo. I was like, that's their lead guard. Like, that was such a good experience for Strahler to get. He blocked him right at one point. Yeah, like a nice block. He was clamping him. Like there was, he was step step for step with him. That is a great evolution if he can guard like that and then develop into the score we need him to be eventually. But for this year, carving out that kind of role where he can contribute in transition, guard hard, play good defense, and then you know just kind of fill in where he needs to. That's that is exactly what this team needs so i love that but let's keep this thing moving um jake you have some uh spicy statistics for us this this evening um real quick i believe coop had a question for the hosts and um guests or not guests interns ambi oh okay thank you very much uh jake's spicy stat of the week i'm gonna give you boys a number 88.6%. 88.6%. You know what that is? That's, a, B, a B plus. That's a high B plus. That's a, you can almost argue for an A minus for, with, <laughs> with a nice professor. But that's Gonzaga's chance on Ken Palm to finish the regular season undefeated now after we beat BYU. Um, I think our lowest win percentage is this, this Saturday against San Francisco with only a 93% chance of winning. San Diego, we have a 99.8% chance of winning. <laughs> so, Before tip-off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I if mean, we win the tip, it goes to 98 or 99.9. Probably. Oh, man. One of the funniest things to do is to go on Ken Palm um, after these WCC games, and they have the little graph that shows your winning percentage at each point in the game. And it just looks like a flat line for Gonzaga because <laughs> it's just at the top, this just bright red. But... um. I mean, I think that's pretty amazing. Even, I mean, what, like, what was the number again? Eighty-eight point six percent. That honestly seems like a little low. Well, for... you got to think. Say you have like three ninety-five percent chances of winning. It's like point yeah. nine five times point nine five times point nine five. Sick is our stats guy. Yeah, yeah. it jumped yeah, from like seventy-two percent before this BYU game. More of a wordsmith. Yeah, I'm more of the salesman. Word I smith, guess. Yeah. I give I give Paige the bullshit numbers to to do his sales. And I sell thing. those numbers. Baby. <laughs> I sell those. Numbers. Oh yeah, the specs are looking real nice on this bad boy. Let me just tell you. Imagine if your team had an eighty-eight point six percent chance to win. So but, you want that? And I agree with your point earlier, Zane. How it doesn't matter really our regular season, um, because all the success of this team will be judged in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But. You can't brush off a undefeated regular season, even a shorter than usual undefeated regular season. Um, Coop, you want to take it away now with your question? I don't like. I don't really care about being the overall number one. I just want to be a number one. And mm-hmm. and so you'd rather us lose to like say Villanova well, or it's Ohio weird because State. like I I feel mm-hmm. like <laughs> like I don't, I don't know That's I don't know what I'd rather do because I feel like it, like they don't really 
So you're, you're basically saying, would you rather get the experience or just like finish off a sure-handed season? I feel like I, I feel like I'd rather get the experience, honestly. But I don't I, I don't know how our guys would react because they could react losing a nail biter and just be heartbroken. That's a possibility. They could also have what I think is the reaction we would expect, which is where we kind of have a kick in the ass, a little boost. We get fired up. That's not a sure deal, though. We do have like a young leader on our team in Suggs. I would like to hope that he bounces back strong. It's just not a sure thing. Um, so I, I would love the experience. I, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, or how I think about this is like, and I know this is just a hypothetical situation, I want this team to try and win every game they possibly can. And I'm almost at the point where it's like, Let's just let's just do it. Like this team is good enough to have a historic season. I want to be the first team to be undefeated and win the Natty since you know what was it, Bobby Knight's Indiana team, seventy six, like, baby. Let's just do it. Like I, as as valuable as a loss, I think could be. I genuinely don't think a loss could even come until I'll be conservative and say the Elite Eight. So it for me, I don't know how much good it'll actually do. What it'll actually teach them. Because teams are playing them really tough as it is already. Like, Pacific literally just played us, what was it, like two weeks ago? Literally had an entire game plan for us. Executed it to perfection, which teams are going to have to do to beat us in the tournament. And we still beat them by 20. So, not that their talent's on par with ours. But that experience, I feel like, is almost as valuable as a loss. And the lessons you learn from that. But these guys are winners, and I want them to try and win it all. I'm agreeing with Paige. When I eat my alphabet soup, my spoon has a big L-shaped hole in it because I don't eat L's and neither do the Zags. I don't want to lose a close one. We're going to go number one, bookend to bookend. Um, Indianapolis is ours. Like We are the juggernaut. We are the titans. We are the 800-pound gorilla in the room that is going to crush you. No oh, close game. Are you saying we're King Kong? Because before yeah, you said we, we are, we are the oh, yeah, 800 we are, foot. Oh, we caught him. Radioactive <laughs> iguana. Damn it. Ladies I was on a roll. We got him. <laughs> uh, Zambi, where do you stand? <laughs> um, so basically, my take on this is any experience we can get, because our team is so young, it won't hurt them. Will it hurt our ranking? Maybe we get a two, but I mean, I'd rather play than just have a long pause before the tournament. So I'm all for it. Um, like I said earlier, I'm definitely down to have the WCC come back to the good old Spokane, Washington, the nine nine two zero five. But but would you rather have us lose to like Ohio State, like a top five team, than us go undefeated? without getting a marquee matchup before the tournament. I mean, honestly, I'm indifferent. Like, as long as we play some basketball, it's fine in my book. Okay. I, I, I'm with Zambi. I like I like that. I'm indifferent too because, like, I, I kind of agree with what Paige said also. I Like, I there's value in playing a good team, but is it enough to be, like, the difference between winning a championship and not? I don't think any game in February is going to make the difference between winning the NCAA tournament and not. Not any one single game. I don't think so. All right, Coop, you're the riddle master. Where do you stand? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm torn. I think both you, both you and Paige brought up the, like a good argument with we should just rock with what we got. The tournament's entirely different, but I mean, there's also the part of me that thinks, you know, playing a really, you know, hard-nosed game from tip-off to, you know, the end would, you know, do us do us wonders because I mean, we really haven't played that yet at all this year. I mean, we've pretty much finished, I'd say, every game with like five minutes left. But um, so I don't know. And I think, you know, if you go back to our, you know, national championship run, I really I'm in the school that thinks losing B to BYU our senior night went a long way in us, you know, running through that tournament and getting to the natty. So I don't know. I think getting playing someone tough and, you know, taking it out would would be wise or, you know, help out. But you can also make an argument that we should just say fuck it and yeah, I also think there's like kind of a, an emotional distinction between what it meant to lose to BYU on senior night than what it would mean to lose a close one to Ohio State or any like top five team. Just because like that might be like like a little bit tough, like, oh, we could have got them. Maybe it's like a check yourselves. But when you lost to BYU on senior night, that was a major reality check for that team. It was a major blemish on what was a phenomenal season. And so I, I think there's, a, I think I get what you're saying about that. Like maybe they could use that as a motivating factor moving forward, but I think BYU was an exceptional um, circumstance for that season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also think, and this might just be me, these teams are just different. Their personalities are different. And I think this team would almost be better off thinking they're the heavyweight but there, people are kind of talking smack on them, like they've just been playing WCC teams. They're gonna come out. They're gonna come out in this tournament and just come for heads. And I think it'll help. I I think I just kind of in the school of thought where it's not gonna matter a whole lot if they if they drop a game uh, at a neutral site to a quality team. Um, but let's keep this thing moving. I think we're uh, we're putting this back on coop. There's been a there's been an ongoing trend in our group group chat. Some reason Jalen Suggs keeps getting brought up as a as a non important member of the starting lineup. We'll say conservatively, um, just general hate, just, just general, general hatred. Hate, yeah. The hash, even the, the the hashtag was floating around on social media outlets. That hashtag <laughs> Coop hates Suggs. Coop, would you like to respond to what's what's been going on right now? Yeah. I, I don't know who's fucking twisting my words and saying I hate Jalen Suggs. That's utter bullshit. I love the guy. I think he's an absolute stud, and I think we're seeing him really grow into his role, especially with his last game against BYU. Um, I guess the slander comes from the fact that I think Kate Cunningham could be the number one overall pick, which I stand by. I think the dude is a fucking six six eight beast who can sing three-pointers, so... My bad, but I think Jalen Suggs is definitely top my pick and could go number one if he has a great tournament and wins us the natty. So fuck all you guys. Coop, I just have a follow-up. Why is he the Hatfield to your McCoy? Like, what is it about Suggs you just hate? Just hate. I, I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother. Like, it's everything. There's just not one thing. Yeah, I have another question. Follow-up question, Coop. When when exactly did you start hating Jalen Suggs? Did it start? When he, you know, showed up on campus, I I point to when Nemhard said he was gonna play, 
that's when Coop said, you know what, fuck Jalen, I'm going Nemhard. And then, you know, Cade Cunningham comes out. Fuck Jalen, I'm going Cade Cunningham. Where did this, where did these origins lie? I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really answer that. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm just jealous of his athletic ability and the fact that he can get to the rim in <laughs> less than two seconds. You know, I wish I, I could, I could do that. I think it's an Iron Man three situation where uh, they met at a party, and then Suggs is like, "Meet me at the roof. I want to chat." And Coop went up there, and he was just left in the cold all night. What a deep, yeah. Deep, or, deep or difference. like the Incredibles, like what happened to Syndrome. Like he won't sign Coop's poster. Yeah. I work alone, yeah. Cooper. And <laughs> go home, Cooper. I work alone. Regardless. Um, Coop's definitely made some some tough accusations. You know, we're a, we're a, we back our guys type podcast, and uh, hey, if I have to stand on this ship as it's sinking of Suggs being the number one overall pick, I'll stand on that. Well, I'll I'll chime in and give Coop a little support here, where <laughs> I also completely agree that Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick. Like I don't I don't think I'm you know really going out on a limb when I say that either. Like the guy is just. He's more of a prototype NBA player. If I mean, Suggs is going to contribute great to an NBA team, but Cade Cunningham is just kind of able to showcase everything he's got a little bit more than Jalen Suggs is right now. Um, so, Coop, you're not that crazy. Oh, does that... Should hashtag Zane hate Suggs start trying oh, to... No, 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 no. Oh, no, because yeah. this is following your previous yeah. comments of Nemhard starting over Suggs at the beginning of the season. So and I went uh, back to the tape, and that is exactly what he said. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, anyways, we put that one to bed, though. And oh, I think, that one's I think still living. Just, We're returning. <laughs> I think it's just your track record is, is what's... Causing this hey, John, somewhere in our group text where you said, uh, I think Nemhard needs to be our closing point guard, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't think that's too crazy to say. No, yeah, yeah, he said Suggs that on the, last, on, the floor. on the last pod. He said he likes the idea of Suggs being the uh, the starter, Nemhard being the closer. I just think, I think in a tight game, you're gonna want Nemhard running pick and rolls, um, and dishing the ball more often than Suggs. I think Suggs should still be aggressive when he has the ball, when he gets it in transition and whatnot. But in a close game... We can't we can't leave this without talking about last night's starting five with Nemhard starting over Watson. Do we think we should have that moving forward? or? Yes, I love the track meet start. Where it's just like, we're going to come at you and we're going to score 20 before the media timeout. And you might score 8, but fuck it. We don't care. And then you put an Anton Watson for the defensive clamps. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot, too. I think it's almost, it's probably not, I'm probably looking too much into it. But it's almost good that this unit gets as much time as possible so that when they play Baylor, they'll be firing on all cylinders. Because this, this lineup is probably going to be the one that has to match up with them the most. Yeah, I mean, it's called the lineup of death for a reason. It is our best offensive lineup. And I'm not so sure that it's not at least, you know, right there next to our best defensive lineup as well. Certainly Anton Watson brings another defensive element. But Nemhard and Suggs together uh, on the perimeter on defense are ferocious. And they cause a lot of turnovers. But I, as much as I like Nemhard starting, I love Anton Watson as a six-man off the bench. And every game that he has not started this year, he has come onto the floor 
with a fire that he does not have when he's starting. He plays way more aggressive. He plays with way more energy. And I don't know if that's just a chip on his shoulder or if he's just a guy that is better coming off the bench. And there's nothing like wrong with that. Sure, he might not get the flashy, you know, starting lineup call out. But the dude's like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't really, I haven't looked at the numbers here. But I feel like when he's coming off the bench, he comes in with fire. He plays the passion. He plays more aggressively all over the place, particularly on offense. We saw a couple of flashes from Watson against BYU. He had a baby hook at one point, a couple backdoor cuts. And so, I mean, I, I loved what I saw from Watson off the bench here. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I'd have to agree with you. He, it's hard to say really what it is, you know, um, what the player's thinking and whatnot. It's just definitely there's been almost a noticeable difference when he's coming off the bench. But let's keep this thing moving. Um, arguably the greatest rivalry in sports right now is Gonzaga versus the spread. Boys, I think I got to wear this. I think I'm the cursed one now. Every time uh, I've decided to bet the spread, the last three or four close ones, it hasn't hit. The spread in favor of Gonzaga, of course. I'll, I'll tell you, from someone who's you know retired from betting the Gonzaga spread, uh, because you know people thought I was the curse, I thought I was the curse, it is so much fun to watch this team battling the spread at the end of the game. <laughs> With no money on the line, nothing at stake, and then just our group chat. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck! The mental gymnastics <laughs> I was trying to do at the end of that BYU game with the spread at 11 and a half, and we're up nine, and it's like 15. I'm like, okay, they'll foul. We'll make both. We'll still only be down by 11, or be up by 11. We need one more point, so maybe if. BYU rushes a shot and then does an eager foul. We can get it. And just a ridiculous scenario. Yeah. Also, like... fuck BYU for running like 18 <laughs> seconds off, then fouling. Like, we could have covered if they just fouled immediately like a normal team. But no, they did this little half-ass measure. And as much as I loved BYU last time we played them for not ruining the spread with that wide-open dunk they could have had... I'm just as angry this time. I'm back on the fuck BYU. The big, the big thing here is you bought in at eleven and a half. That is. I bought in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zambi wins. Zambi wins. <laughs> Zambi's a lucky guy. Nothing's funnier either than Dan thinking he was bought in at ten and that a half, but being bought in at eleven and a half. That was gold. That was gold. Because Dan never ever bets, but when he does. Is he the curse? How, how many, like, no, Dan is... Uh, it's funny because no one wants to admit they are betting on the game, so everybody texts me separately. There's like, <laughs> hey, like we'll be talking about the bet in the group chat, and then like three different people will text me separately like, hey, can you throw like $30 on the text for me? I'm like, sure. There's a good chance that our podcast is the curse. Oh God. I've never like bet this much on... Gonzaga before, boy oh boy, like could be us, could be us. Well, but we gotta. I like to view it. We're paying for wins because yeah. it's. I, I like to view it as like a sacrifice. You know, you give your best head of cattle to the god to make sure the the <laughs> flock is healthy or whatever. I like that. Really, really tribal with that one. Um, it's that's a pretty tough curse to put on our podcast, considering we're a uh, a more gambling friendly 
podcast as opposed to other Gonzaga but podcasts. responsible because responsible. I'm retired. Hey, don't don't bet any money. You can't you can't live losing. Okay, and yeah, if you have any gambling issues, call one eight hundred. What is the if you need a gambling? bookie? Call no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just dousing gasoline on the fire. I like it, Jake. Um, but with that being said, we already touched on Ballo a little bit. But anyone have any notes, or can we move on to this week's game? Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's keep this. Let's keep this train rolling. Um, <laughs> this weekend we have a familiar foe, USF Dons. Um, they always seem to play us pretty tough. I'm not going to take this game lightly whatsoever. Um, and if I'm Coach Few, I'm definitely using our past performances as you know maybe a little bit of motivation. It's a little you know a little extra something something there. But there's a reason why I'm not Coach Few. Um, guys, guys, got any thoughts on this one? I think we mop them up. I think it's like an 18-point game. We'll probably have a slow start, but then three 20-point runs somewhere in the game. I don't know anything about USF. I don't have the energy to research them. I don't really care about them. <laughs> I know. It's that kind of a weird time. Isn't it at like 3 o'clock? Yeah, it's like 3, three o'clock, o'clock on a Sunday. It no, it's Saturday. Is it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Saturday. ESPN 2, so a little bit of a knock from ESPN. Um... Uh, the only thing I'm looking for is just not a slow start. And I know that's probably the only sure thing that is going to happen in this game. Uh, I'll be looking to see if Nemhard is in the starting lineup again um, instead of Watson. And I'll be looking for Watson's response to that again. Um, other than that, I would just freaking love to see our bench get some more minutes here. Uh, and let's just, you know, let's not, let's get six play. Sixth place San Francisco, you know, out of contention for that top four battle in Spokane. Yeah, absolutely. Coop, um, did you have something that you were going to say? I might have interrupted you at some point. Oh, uh, no, I mean, I just had the remark about the time. I just, mm. I don't think we, or I guess our early non-conference games are like mid-afternoon, but something to watch, something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Funky timing, you never know. Another another trip into California, we seem to not be able to handle those very well. But uh, We're a great early morning team. Great, phenomenal. Early gets the oh, worm, baby. Eight a.m. We're unbeatable. That that could play. Hey, we might have some early games in the tournament. Never know. Yeah, there's some early <laughs> games in the first couple rounds. Yeah, well, especially in one city, like probably be like five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, it's on ESPN two for anyone still listening and still you know for some reason doesn't. I'm assuming if you're listening to this probably know the channel but in case you don't assuming that this podcast gets released too that's also it'll probably be released around the same time as the san francisco (laughs) game (laughs) if you're listening to this just know we poured our heart and souls into this one and five laptops yeah and five laptops and a massive fire hazard yeah in my apartment but that's fine i think that's uh that's all we got for this week in the uh, gonzaga segment so uh we'll push this thing forward to the extra special valentine's day segment all right we're coming back to you guys with the uh valentine's day super special segment um are we rolling with this uh valentine's day playlist only or do we have anything else jake oh yeah are we ready to start hey all you lovebirds out there You looking for a nice, sexy playlist for you and your partner to listen to as you have a nice, romantic evening? Well, look no further. 
we're about to give you five solid options, which you, the viewer, can decide to titillate your partner. <laughs> there will be three categories. One, some country loving. Two, some smooth R&B. And three, the wildest of wild cards. That could be anything. <laughs> With that being said, we'll let Mr. Justin Page start us out. <laughs> R&B. I guess you could count this as R&B. Who is going? It's Page's turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. We're going Fire and Desire by Drake. Ooh. Oh, if you guys haven't listened to that one. Listen to it. That's a good one. I'm writing that down. Fire and desire. Zane's <laughs> taking notes for this weekend. You know, I'm actually taking taking record of what. Oh, oh yeah, Courtney's gonna love that. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I guess I'll oh, I'll let Why you. Why is country? Oh, no, you, uh, no, no, do Valentine's the, I'll Day. I'll let you lead oh. it. That was J Page asking his friend Drake to spice up his night. Next, we have Zane with his R and B choice. Well, I think it's an absolute uh, shame that this wasn't the number one overall, uh, especially in R&B. I'm going to do a little boys to men. I'll make love to you. I'll make love to you like you want me to. Ooh, that was I'll Make Love to You, remake by Zane Izagari. <laughs> if you would like the Zane version, please visit our Spotify account for the full song. We'll keep it moving to Mr. Sexy himself, Cooper Hoon. Coop, what song will you be playing a lucky lady on Valentine's Day? I gotta pay homage to uh, my middle school hero, Mr. Akon. So I'm gonna go, I wanna love you. Oh! Love you, love you, you already know. (laughs) That's on the playlist, that's on Sauce. I think I think you all we all have to sing at least like a verse when you do your song. That is the rule. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Zambia. Oh, now we're going to the wildest card himself, but it's his R and B selection. Christopher Zamblin. What song do you do to get them a little hot in here? Yeah. Hey, you guys know Go Hawks, baby. I'm going with Sierra Body Party. <laughs> Nobody, Sierra Party. Nobody. <laughs> if we ever decide to monetize ourselves, we uh, re- record ourselves. Boy, I think the album's coming. <laughs> oh, man. Um, for for me, little Jake action. <laughs> oh, that was tough. That was oh, tough. Okay, it's hard to keep doing this. Um, I'm doing a little bit of "Endless Love" by Lionel Richie. Ooh. I don't really know the words. Jake. Oh. But I'll 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 hit it back on the country. Don't you worry. If we want to hear these luscious. Vocals. Well, let's just snake it. Go for the country. Oh. <laughs> oh, go for the country. Um. 
<laughs> I was trying to do an entry for myself. It's hard. It's hard to be MC and a contestant. <laughs> um, for country, I'll be selecting "Must Be Doing Something Right" by what, what's his name? Billy Cunningham? Bruce Cunningham? Is it Billy? What? Billy Currington? Currington, thank you. Didn't have the the name down. Must be doing something nice. Mm. I just heard your sigh. <laughs> Lean into my kids. <laughs> Alright, that'll that'll be enough. Routing it back to Zambi, this love train keeps on going. If you're out on a nice country date, what song are you playing? Yeah, so I'm going with Jason Aldean, You Make It Easy. Ooh, a classic. Make me want to stay in bed and twist it all day long. You, my inspiration, you take me places. The words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's that's classic Jason right there. Moving on to Mr. Texas himself. Ooh. Everything is bigger down there. <laughs> <laughs> Coop, what song do you play to your ladies when you're in a hay field? Update my uh, Tinder profile with that. Uh, with that. <laughs> <coughs> um, well, I have one song, but I think I just, we're audibling. So I'm going to go uh, Miss Shania Twain. Uh, you're still the one. Oh, sing that, Coop. Oh, I would love give to Give it to this. me, Coop. Sing it. I want. Ooh, the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That raises my hay silo. <laughs> Moving it on to Mr. Izagari. <clears throat> I will say country is not my forte, but I do believe I got a good one here. Kind of like a little uh, high school crush song, I would say. You got a little uh, Greatest Love Story by Lenko. Because I was going to be your forever. Oh. You were going to be my wife. But you went off to find better. And I was learning all about life. Very underrated song, and perhaps the best vocals of the night so far. He chose a song in his range, and ladies love that. All Moving right. back to Big Body Page. Big Body. You know what they say about big bodies, right? Little feet. Little tiny feet. <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, my selection, a bit of a classic. I want to do the more recent version. When you do, and this is just more of a little romantic song, you know, get get things going a little bit. I want to do Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. So rock me mama like a wagon wheel. Rock me mama any way you feel. Hey, mama rock me. Shout out to Hootie. Hootie the Blowfish. Anyway, well, that was... That was beautiful. Somewhere, this uh, uh, room of drunken fraternity members is stupid. <laughs> I need to be speaking along. Boy, you got to you got to wonder: Are we even a sports pod? Do we just go to music now? I think so. I think we found our thing. I think we did. We can diversify. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but moving on, we have the wild card. Women love surprises. 
Do what they, do you have for them? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hopefully appease our uh, women women listeners. I don't know if we have very many. I'm going for a wild card here. Very hence the segment. I'm gonna do Bad Intentions by Nike he- Nikki Heaton. Oh, I got some damn bad intentions. I got some bad intentions. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you can't see it, but Zane's taking off his shirt. <laughs> what coop? Say again, coop. Oh, that's right. Ooh, ooh. even hotter. Impossible. <laughs> Moving on, Zane is just licking his lips to let the viewers know what this next song is. Finish off this threesome for us, Zane. Well, I have a list here of wild cards, and I'm going to go, I'm going to play the hits. I'm going to play the hits. Oh, you have to sing each one you list, I hope you realize. Hero, Enrique Iglesias. I can be your hero, baby. You guys should have seen how Zane stared into Jake's eyes after this fucking. Jake <laughs> felt it too. I could see Jake's his blood soul. pressure just rose well, about for a minute. Izzy should have been nervous. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> I got a little weird there. He shook. Lie. He shook. He shook. Next Jake's song. Rattled. What? <laughs> I gotta compose. Compose. <laughs> Zane could be you, anybody's hero out there. <laughs> it sounds like green. <laughs> okay. Do you have any? Do you want to keep listening your wild cards or like? Uh, oh, okay. Well, I, I don't want to take someone else's. Maybe. They okay. Have. Okay. Moving back down south. How is Coop gonna seal the deal? Uh, I think I'm closing out with uh, no other than the Maroon 5 and She Will Be Loved. Oh, oh hit this note, Coop. Come hit on. this note. Because she will be loved. <laughs> Nothing sexier than a man who can sing high. <laughs> Moving on, Zambius is chomping at the bit to show us what he's got. What do you have on the docket? All right, well, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I have some Hawaiian reggae for you guys. So it's from J-Boog. It's called Let's Do It Again. Nice, nice, no, yeah, let's do it again. How did on my... <laughs> do, you not, do you not know how this song goes? <laughs> no, I, I, have, I have the lyrics up. <laughs> nice to nice to know ya, let's do it again. Hey, I hey. did it on a one night stand. <laughs> uh, I, don't, right. I don't think anyone knows the actual rap part. <laughs> that was. Taking us tropical. I'm gonna finish off with something classic and sweet, just like me. <laughs> I'm gonna do a little Your Song by Elton John, a classic, just really tearjerker. It's a little bit funny, 
this feeling inside. Not one of those who can easily hide. Jake just uh, held both of our hands as he as saying that. The Trinity was complete. <laughs> well, while you were on Elton John. Uh, what's the Lion King song? Can you feel the oh, love? Oh, I almost it? had that oh. one. <laughs> but but you gotta go the Timon and Pumbaa version. That's a great one. That's maybe. That's I can see what's happening. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I'll <laughs> <laughs> fall in love, and here's the bottom line. Our trio's down to two. Why are you oh. so good at that voice? <laughs> Oh, that's how he's been spending his quarantine the last year. Perfecting Timon. Perfecting Timon. Okay, uh, Coop, Zambi, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I mean, I was kind of surprised no one picked Pony by Genuine. That's always a, always a classic. Always a fire starter, no doubt. In my opinion, that usually just doesn't lead to anything like romantic. It's usually kind of just like, <laughs> like that, that's it. Nice. That's true. Zambi? <laughs> yeah, the only uh, honorable mention I had was Mariah Carey, Caution. Do you sing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that song. Um, one sec. It's not gonna work. Well, I'll I'll fill the space here with another one uh, while Zambi looks it up. I'm gonna go now. Let me tell you, ladies love this song because it's a duet. They can join in a little bit. Lucky, Jason Mraz, Kobe Calais. Ooh. I'm lucky. I'm in love oh, with my best classic. friend. Classic. I'm lucky to oh. have been where I have been. Beautiful. If you want a little fun, um little camaraderie between you and your partner, uh, Elton John and, um, is it Tiki? What's the lady's name? Don't go breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if you tried. Oh, honey, when I get restless. Baby, you're not the kind. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Nobody knows it. Nobody knows. <laughs> Lady Gaga song, another another good duet. Which one? Which one? Shallows or oh, shallow? Oh, oh man, if we're getting serious. That's a good. It's <laughs> the Lady Gaga part. Perfect. Ed Sheeran, Beyonce. Mm, that's Ooh, a that's, a, that's a good one. That's that's like that's, a wedding song. That's also like. Kind of baby making music right oh, there. Yeah. You're starting a family. You're serious. You're serious. This is not a. I got you guys. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me fast forward, and here we go. Can you hear it? Is no. We can't hear anything. You gotta sing it. Sing along. <laughs> any any other honorable mentions? <laughs> I think 
I think that's enough honorable mentions for yeah. many weekends for our yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to sing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Um, keep I'll keep all of you accountable. We're going to keep our eyes out for the uh, hashtag Coop Hate Suggs hashtag coming out this weekend. Keep your eye out. We'll see what happens there. But with that being said, Chris Beard has completely lost his marbles in this Texas Tech game. Yeah, what is happening right now? Uh, looks like it was a bad call or something. Did he get ejected? Yeah. I really wish I was sitting on that side of the table right now. <laughs> he was like falling on the floor to show the refs what happened. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here, but he got teed up. He just definitely lost in the game there. But, uh, anywho... Thank you all so much for listening, boys. Any final comments before we uh, we ta ta? Make this Valentine's memorable. Yep. If uh, if my voice is gone the next time you see me, no, I'm not sick. I was just singing with the boys. Watch out for the hose. <laughs> Follow that one up, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Toodle.